And welcome again to Ecclesia United. My name is Anthony Richardson. I'm the founder and president of Ecclesia United. I want to continue on um, with uh, our series that we have been uncovering and and diving into the Hebrew alphabet and specifically the year 5782, which has corresponding Hebrew alphabet letters that correspond to those numbers 5782. Uh, this particular installment is the last installment um, of, um, the, of the year 5782. And specifically that year 5782, we began back on September 7th at sunset. Um, and so I would encourage you, if you have not already, go back and subscribe and then listen in the library, uh, in our library to the numbers five, uh, and specifically number five, because it'll give a great baseline and a uh, great um, uh, review and um, understanding about these letters and numbers, and how we're arriving here, the spiritual infusion that is infused in these letters. And um, I want I want you to be well up to speed before we move into this last installment, before you move into this last installment um, of this of this series, um, um, because there's something that 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 we're that we're working towards. And so as we talk about this number two, I want to um, I want to also be sure that you have also um, went back and also listened uh, kind of some prerequisites, if you will, if you take these these things I'm saying as prerequisites, as some prerequisites, I want you to go back and also listen to the prophetic declaration uh, of let the people go. Uh, go back and listen to that as a prerequisite before listening to this and also go back and listen to the numbers five to the number five, particularly um, and then lead into the number seven, then the number eight, and then finally into the number two. But the number five is, a cre is critically important um, to you having an understanding about where we're going and what's happening and what we're doing um, with this uh, with this uh, uh, with this revelatory information as we're as we're as we're uh, uh, releasing it to you. Um, now, so the number two. Um, there's a lot in wrapped up in this number two. Um, uh, I'm, I, in my head, I'm, I, there's a lot of different ways in which I could start out, in which I can go. Um, I'll start off with something that that uh, that we talked about in the prophetic declaration. Uh, Let the people go, which is the world as we know it, or as we thought to have known it prior to the COVID-19 pandemic, is not going to return to normal as we thought it to be. It's not going back to that. Um, uh, it, listen to the prophetic declaration because we go a little bit deeper into into what we're saying behind that, uh, but it's not going back to what it what it was. There is an imbalance uh, in our in in life in general. Um, there's an imbalance. The, 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 the whole of humanity, if you will, is off kilter. It's off balance. It's out of balance um, because the family unit is out of balance. What's what's so important that I that I hope to understand? This thought just came into my head. I got excited about it. So I got to cut off that last sentence. But what's so important to understand is that absolutely everything as we see the evolution of mankind going forward 
everything is emanating out of the family unit. It's beginning with the family unit. What was so critical to understanding and really taking advantage of, especially during the COVID-19 shelter in place portions of the pandemic was this restoration of the family. People were forced to be in their homes with their families sheltering in place. And one of two things happened. Majority of things that happened were more negative than they were positive. A lot of people were able to restore a sense of balance and a sense of normalcy to the parenting life. Fathers and mothers were at home with the kids. They were eating dinner around dinner tables. Um, They were connecting with one another. Uh, They had this sense of intentionality about being family once again. That sense of family was lost in the hustle and bustle of life, activities, soccer games, volleyball, basketball, football, life, meetings, even church. Um hanging out with friends, all the different stuff that was happening. Everything was happening outside the home, devoid of the fruits and the benefits of connecting inside of the home, which the connecting inside of the home is the impetus for connecting outside the home. You can't properly connect outside of the home if you haven't properly connected inside of the home. The inside of the home is the fabric of society. And when that home is broken, Society is broken. It's completely out of balance when the home is broken. So we talk about this number two. We're talking about this duality that exists. This duality is is man and woman, husband and wife. This this duality of the seemingly separate or the individual uh, being, it's being not separate or individuals, but more so the separates and the individuals have a source and that source is God. So the duality that, 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 that exists in the differences or the diversity of life gives this sense of deception to the world as if this diversity of life or the sundry of life is actually individual. And it's not individual, but there is a common thread between amongst or amongst all of the individuals and all of creation. And that common thread is God. This is Hebrew thought and teaching that's infused in this number two. That everything has a source. And so out of the one, out of, out of the duality, out of the two, there is one. And that sense, that's, that, 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 that expression out of the two is one is in essence, 
God being the source. So there's this deception that exists in this pluralistic society and world in which we live. Is if we're all individually apart and disconnected from one another. Therefore, we live life separately or amongst people that we think are like us. And whether and whether however you classify these like minded people, whether they think like you vote like you have the same skin complexion as you went to the same school as you have the same degrees as you make the same amount of money as you or drive the same type of cars as you live in the same neighborhood as you this sense of 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 connecting around these pseudo likenesses is an error because the commonality between the, influ- the between the affluent and the homeless is God, the source of it all, the source of life in each of those individuals. The homeless living on the street and the affluent living in the mansion, the source of life for the living is God who breathed life into Man in the very beginning with Adam breathed into him, formed him with formed Adam with his own hands, breathed into Adam the breath of lives, Zoe, the breath of lives, not only Adam's life, not only Adam's life, but the lives of all creations that would then come forth out of Adam. It was all breathed out. It was all breathed into Adam. Even Eve didn't have breath blown into her. She was taken out of Adam who had the breath blown into him. All of creation comes out of that blowing in of God into the nostrils of Adam to animate him and to provide him with life. So the sense of individual life or lifestyles gated community with restricted access pushing out the lives of certain people who do not live or cannot afford the life behind the gates is an error and in sense a pride that says that you don't understand that the life that you live is breathed and provided by God himself. And the common thread of the life that you live is also common in the one who seemingly doesn't have what you have. It's not an indictment against the affluent. We're providing the extremes in those two to point out the fact that the, the, the blessing of life and the giver of life is common between the two. So the solution is there's many, but only one who is the source of the many. So tapping into our essence, I talked about this a little bit earlier in the uh, prophetic declaration. We talked just a little bit about essence, tapping into the essence or the core of the of the individual 
will yield that at the essence, all of us are connected. And so family life and connection inside the home is the predecessor to life outside of the home. This connecting and this solution, this connecting and this and this essence and understanding that stripped down of everything, of all degrees, of all bank accounts and affluence and notoriety, stripped down of all of that at the very core is a person who has been given life from the giver of life himself, who is God. And so connecting at this family level inside the home and proliferating this thought process around life and the giver of life and the connecting of life and the interconnectedness of life is a responsibility that's given to the actual parents in the homes rearing children. So when the life system of parenting and home life is broken, no wonder we have a broken society that lives around us. We can't solve the broken society that lives around us through legislation and ordinances and laws and rules. We have to fix the legislation. We have to fix the degradation of the world around us by fixing the family life and stressing the fact and the importance that in order to have life outside the home, true life outside the home, life inside the home has to be number one, infused with God and understanding that the, at the giving of that life is provided by God and then proliferating that thought through the inhabitants in the home by way of the parents leading and guiding the home, which then causes for the children inside the home when they leave outside the home to then understand that the life outside the home is sustained by the life inside the home and the life that's inside the home is sustained by the life who is by the giver of the life of the inhabitants inside the home. This continual thread of life coming from God being then infused out into society is a lifeline that we need to restore back to. So the life that people thought they had before COVID-19 wasn't life at all. It was a life void of understanding that the giver of life is God himself. So we have to be the essence, essence, essence. When we talked about that earlier, essence in and of itself, the word essence, when you break it down, comes from this word S-C-E-S-S-E, which means be. Creation, when, 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 when we're talking about let God's people go, we're saying let God's people be who they are to be. Any restriction upon God's people being who they are to be is one fighting against God himself, restricting his creation from being who they are to be. The essence of who we are is that we must be who we are at the core without external garments of fashion or skin color 
or height or weight or influence or accolades. The essence of a person is found by stripping it down to absolutely nothing. And what yet remains is the essence because you can't take away who a person is. Essence says that without without all of what you've got, who are you? Stripped down to nothing, no degrees, no friends, no job, no position, no titles, no notoriety, no fame, no fortune, no fine automobiles, no anything. Who are you? Who were you before gestation, before gestation in the womb of your mother? You were before you were. So who were you? That's your essence. That is your core. That is your center. That is your central being. The number two bet is talking about this. It's talking about this, this, this restoration of family life and the structure of family that enables for the children in the home to grow up and to be who God has called them to grow up and to be. This is a, this particular letter and number is a very, very um, critical aspect. It's a continuation, if you will, of the number eight in a sense, but it's a reiteration and it's a, and it's a, and it's, and it continues to dial back and to roll up into the fact that God is the giver of all things. And as you continue to move forward, one of the things that's really uh, um, good to understand, I say it like that, is that and, and these seem like seem like disparate thoughts, but they they all are intertwined together. So just kind of flow with me as we're going along here. One of the things that I think is very critical to understand is the power of education. Education, etym etymologically speaking, education means to draw out. That's 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 what the that's what the root of education is. It means to draw out. And it's not so much as what you as an individual draw out from education or the process of education. It's what education actually draws out of you as an individual. That's, 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 a, that's, a, that's a critical distinction to, to, to understand about education. Because the benefit, one of the benefits of education is that it serves as a mirror showing you what's been down on the inside of you and what's now being drawn out of you in the educational process. When we, when we become educated and as we become educated, we find deeper um, Reflections, or we see deeper reflections of who we are. So in this essence of being who we are to be, we have to let 
people be. This is why the process, I think, of um, higher high prices on education is in a sense a form of trying to omit individuals from being. And the individuals who are omitted from being are the individuals who are omitted or unable to afford the tuition rates of the education. There's, there's a challenge in there. Um, I'm, I don't, I'm not necessarily saying that it should be free per se. I don't know what it should be, but I do know it should not be as high as it is because it precludes a certain population or, or certain populations of people. And this is not just restricted to minorities. It's just to anybody who cannot afford the rate in order to go into an educational institution to gather information or to, or to, or to, or to craft or to better craft or hone their, their, their natural proclivities endowed on the, upon them from their creator. Education is a process of drawing out it's a normal process of life in which one is then taught and trained. And then in that teaching and training, one is then, it's then revealed to one who, who they are at their core and they begin to operate in those things. And it, and it has to be, people have to be. People need the opportunity to be. Another aspect of this number two is is can, it can be found from this um, from this essence or from this uh, understanding? The the economy of the world subliminally teaches that now this is now this is also very central to the home as well. What I'm about to say is very central to the home, especially uh, and, and, and this is Hebrew infused. Judaistic thoughts and trainings and Jewish thoughts and trainings that are taught within Jewish homes and Jewish communities that I think is very, very critical uh, for the world at large and the masses to consume because there's 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 life in this understanding. Um, and so 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 the economy of the world subliminally teaches um that we can get any fruit or vegetable or crop at any given time of the year around the Hebrew table, around the homes in, in, inside in, inside of Jewish families. There's this consistent thought that is that is proliferated amongst uh, the children from the parents around the dinner table, and it's an appreciation for the seasonality or is a seasonal access to different fruits and vegetables. And in infused in this seasonal understanding of this of, of availability in seasons of particular fruits and vegetables and grains is the fact that there's there is a source of the of the of these provisions that you're eating at your table. These this is the responsibility of the mother and the father in order to pro provide to the children that th that this responsibility of teaching and training the children that this what you're eating has been provided by the, by God himself is instilling in children, instilling in next generation of leaders and parents that there is a source for all things. And that and that source is God. The economy of the world subliminally teaches us 
opposite of this because we can get fruits and vegetables in our just by going to the store at any time of the year and getting bananas or getting oranges or getting apples. And when in fact, those things within the region in which you live are not available 300, sorry, 365 days a year. It's not available. But the fact that we can import those goods teaches the greater masses of the world that we can get what we want on demand. When the reality is that we cannot get everything at all time, but indeed can get them during times or seasons. This fact teaches us to subliminally, this fact of knowing that we can get or have accessible accessible to us at certain times or in certain seasons, certain foods and fruits and vegetables and grains. It teaches us this fact subliminally, a gratefulness to the creator for providing for us season after season. This is, this is a line, this is an idiom of Hebrew thought that is expressed around the dinner table in homes. In fact, it goes much further in the Hebrew homes and Jewish homes to pro- providing a particular blessing over food to bless God or, or, or in essence to say or to be grateful to God for what he has provided in this season. So as one is looking at their plate, just about to eat and indulge in whatever the seasonal fruits and vegetables and grains are of that season, one pauses in the Jewish home to then give this, uh, give this, give this expression of gr- uh, gratitude in the form of a blessing to God to thank him for the food that has been provided. This is an element that's taught. This is an element that is proliferated inside of the home of the family. So when we have a brokenness in the home or in the family life, you can see how easily a a spirit of ungratefulness and a lack of appreciation for things creeps into the minds, into the psyche of people because they have not um, surrounded their heart and their thoughts and their brains around this fact that whatever you're seeking on demand isn't available on demand. It's only available during seasons. And especially with the technological improvements that have been made available in society, anything and everything you want, you can dial it up on an internet browser. But, but that, 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 that accessibility is teaching has infused within it a subliminal teaching that whatever you want, you can get it whenever you want it, when in fact that's not true. And it teaches and it instills an ungratefulness for what is available, not understanding that what is available has been provided by someone who made it available. So a level of gratitude is taught to individuals around the dinner table by the parents. So the level, this level said differently. Uh, this level of gratitude is taught to the children by the parents around the dinner table through the food that they're consuming. This creates and makes the role of the parents a super critical function to the overall functioning of society. 
This is very, this is what's infused inside this number two. There is a direct assault against the family and the home. And the letter bet, this letter base or the letter vice, the number two that's associated with this is a letter that introduces us to the sanctuary of the home that we are called to build in order to reveal God's presence on the earth. This assault or there is an assault to disturb and disrupt the home. Whether it's with drugs or with violence or with scandal or with divorce or perversion or molestation or rape or whatever medium employed, the goal of the adversary is to destroy the home. The number two is talking about the restoration of the home. The restoration of the home and, and, and then invites and provides a pathway to a, rest, a restoration of gratefulness. The restoration of gratefulness provides a pathway to providing, to providing a restoration in family life and in society. All of these elements and thoughts are infused together. The restoration of family life, the restoration of marriages, the restoration of child rearing properly and in the correct function is then going back to the number eight. When you go and you study that is then teaching and then providing a pathway to clear mental health. To eradicating disease and discomfort within the body. To restoring balance in society. These elements are all infused in this number two in this restoration of the home because because inside this home, the home is to be a sanctuary where individuals can retreat from the world. And find solace and rest and restoration. But if children are returning to homes that are broken and filled with violence and drugs and abuse and neglect, lack of provision, then disrupt then 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 rather this disruption in the home is then the precursor to a disruption in society. And we're trying to fix society through legislation or through political ideals or through voting particular people into office and none of that will restore the life, the lifeline, the livelihood of the, hum of the human race and of life in general until people understand that the family unit needs to be restored. Marital life needs to be restored and then ultimately prioritized and in the prioritization what you're doing is actually seeking first the kingdom of God and all of its righteousness you are prioritizing the the the, the ideals and the processes and the thoughts and the values that God has instilled in his word and through his guidance by way of the holy spirit we have to return back to that life, not the life that people are trying to get back to prior to COVID-19 being made rampant throughout the earth. This is this is um, this is the final installment of this of this 
of this series. And we'll end the, the, this expression of 5782 um, uh, with this particular installment with the number 2. And what I want to do after that, we'll create that we'll have another installment that's going to, in a sense, provide this theme. And and maybe we won't end this to do another installment. And let's 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 just go straight into what it is that's the uh, what 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 we should be discerning, what we should be learning um, about this year, this year that we're in. What is being sought after? What is God saying? What is God doing? What is he, what is he um, provoking the creation to understand and to, to coalesce around? And one of the things is that the attention of the entire world, the entire world needs to stand at attention. And behold, who God is. The entire world needs to stand at attention. Attention to the fact that God is God alone and beside him there is no other. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. We need to stand around that around that thought and around that process and around that, that idea that God is trying to get the world's attention. And that as believers in Christ, we have the power and we have the authority to do what God has called us to do. And so we can rest in God in that and establish and maintain that cadence of rest in him. What's chiefly important is that we need to restore homes. This is chiefly important, especially for believers, believers of, uh, in Jesus Christ. We need to restore homes. We need to prioritize the restoration of homes. Moms and dads with their children. Teaching around the dinner table, teaching within the home, modeling within the home. What's what's necessary for the inhabitants of the home to then become outside of the home and to live life. Here's what's critically important is a thought that I had earlier uh, that I want to release to you all, which is when we have this brokenness inside of homes, what generally happens is that the educational system and then the working system or the working world is then made responsible for rearing children and providing them with the morality and the ethics and the wisdom and the clarity and the training and the instruction, everything they need to be model citizens outside the home. It's then put upon the educational systems through teachers who incidentally aren't paid enough but through teachers in the educational system then train the child. When in fact, this, 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 this method of, of rearing child is, rearing children is the responsibility of the parents. And the teaching the educational system in partnership with the parents comes alongside of the parents to then help 
with formal institutions of educational systems and processes and structure to provide the children with the basics of understanding with the basic elements of science, mathematics, arithmetic, arts, however you want to say that, uh, technologies, all the different disciplines and subject matter, philosophical views, everything that's infused within the educational system and the educational model to then help to excavate out or to draw out of children what's inside of them, allow them the opportunity through the education process to live and express and to be and to find out who they are. The parents have the responsibility of discerning these things inside of the home and then gently guiding them, the kids through the educational process. I would go so far as even to say that even in the selecting of classes and coursework and being completely immersed in the educational life and the educational career of the student to help for that student to then be brought into the awareness of a pathway that they should be taking. And I think that pathway is naturally revealed through different uh, proclivities and natural endowments that the children have. And I think the parents, the parents discerning those natural proclivities of the children inside the home through the connecting with the children inside the home homes actually provides for uh, the 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 element or the impetus or the or, or the or the the characteristics or the the tools or the data points to be able to help guide the children in the way that they should go when they enter into the educational system. So the parents are driving this, this, this method, are driving this, um, this path traversal of this ch of the child down through the educational system, and then the t the educational system is coming alongside of the parents in partnering with the parents to then train this child with the educational tools and in the correct educational pathway. That's, that's leading this child into purpose and destiny that is destined for the child. There are things, there's so much that's lost when the family unit is not intact. And this is a year in which we need to prioritize family. Because prioritizing family allows for the inhabitants within the family to be. And when people are who God has created them to be, then that is a form of worship and an expression and a reflection of God himself. Because God is breathed into every expressed creativeness that is that is available that we see inside the world if you look at all the creation you can discern god if you look at the individual elements within creation you can discern god if you look at people if you look at their eyes if you look at who they are if you look at them expressing out the true essence of who they are 
you can see God. And anything that, that blocks or inhibits the ability for one to express their true essence is fighting in opposition against God. We need to be who God has called us to be. And as we are who God has called us to be, fear subsides. Because fear comes into play when people are not being who God has called them to be. Because who God has called you to be, then in that you have the power and the authority to be that and you live it out. We have a mandate upon us to restoration of family, to restoration of life, a restoration of gratitude and thanksgiving to God, the creator and the sustainer of all things. We have that responsibility. And I would implore you during this year with immediacy and swiftness to move into being who God has called you to be. And to those of you who are listening who have not yet given your lives completely over to Jesus Christ, who's not bent at your knee. To bless the creator. To declare that he is a source of all strength. If you've been a stiff-necked people or stiff-necked person. Who's continually said that they don't need God. Or don't believe in God. Or doesn't think God exists. Or whatever you think. Whatever you may believe. Or whatever you have been saying inside of your heart. The secret chambers of your heart for years and years. I'm imploring you right now. That through the things that have been happening throughout this world, God has been trying to get your attention. And to get your attention to coalesce around the fact that he is God. He exists. He loves you and he cares for you. And in fact, he demonstrated his love and his care for you. By dying for you before you even knew who he was. He died for you. And provided a gateway for you to return back to life. True life. Thirst quenched life. Full life. The quest for everything else has left, left you feeling empty and void. And in fact, one, of the, one, of the, one, one expression of Hebrew thought, thought says that Many different eating disorders find their roots in the fact that people have been, people are trying to feel the emptiness that they have on the inside due to the lack of being connected to the true life giver and the one who sustains and provides fullness of life. Could it be possible that the challenges that you've been facing, the emptiness that you've been feeling inside, maybe you didn't have an eating disorder, but you can attest to the fact 
that you've been feeling empty inside. And you've been seeking to fill that emptiness with, with whatever myriad of things. And maybe God is saying to you that he can fill that emptiness. Only he can satiate your soul's desire to be full. And that comes by accepting him as your Lord and Savior. Accepting him as your Lord and Savior means that you are accepting the fact and acknowledging the fact that Jesus does exist. That he lived a sinless life. And all the sins of humanity was imputed upon him, both past, present and future was imputed upon him. He went to a cross, was hung or ultimately crucified on that cross and then died. And then rose again three days later, walking in the newness of life. That newness of life provided the gateway for you and me to separate from our old lives to then walk in the newness of life with him. God has made available to you eternal life. Why won't you accept it? If you're ready and you believe in what I just mentioned, then you can just say this simple prayer. God, I believe in who you are. I believe that you died for my sins and that I have been wrapped up in different types of sins. And Father, I confess those sins to you. And right now, as, as, as you're thinking through the sins and the different things that you may have been wrapped up in, you can just profess those things silently to God in the secret chambers of your heart. And then continue on. God, knowing that you have died for my sins, I confess with my mouth that you are Lord Jesus, my Savior. And I believed in my, I believe in my heart that you died for my sins and you rose again on the third day. And as a result of me believing these things, according to your word, you said, I am saved. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart. I take free residence and preeminence in my life. Guide me and fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I may be who you've called me to be and express and reflect your glory to all mankind by simply being. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer or something similar to it, you are saved. And you are saved also means that you have just become a member of the body of Christ. The body of Christ is the church. The church is not a building that you go to for a worship service. 
So I want you to have your mind shift around that paradigm and around that thought. Or I should say it like this. I want you to have your mind shifted around this paradigm and around this thought. That you don't go to church. You are the church going to assemble for worship. You are the church. And as 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 a member of the body of Christ or as the church. When you encounter others, they should encounter Christ through you because you are a piece of the body of Christ. Just like one piece of vanilla cake. Is a representation of the whole cake because everything that's in that piece, all the ingredients that are in that piece of cake is also encompassed in the whole of the cake. When you when you operate out as a piece of the body of Christ, you are the body of Christ operating in the earth. So people should see Jesus working through you and they should experience Jesus when they encounter you. Will you allow Jesus to live through you? Thank you for joining us. Be sure to stay involved. Stay connected to our podcast series. There's more to come. We so thank you so much for, for listening. And you're going to have a magnificent day. In Jesus' name. Amen.